Thanks for checking out this message from Coastal Community Church. We hope it's helpful and encouraging. All right, everybody. Good morning. Good morning and welcome. Hey, it's Super Bowl Sunday. How many of you did not even know that until I just said it? Like, oh yeah, yeah, there's a few, a few of you. How many of you have no idea who's playing in the Super Bowl? We go a step further. Okay. How many of you now? I don't know if you're aware of who's uh, doing the, the halftime show today, uh, but it's uh, a group uh, a performer called The Weekend. How many of you did not even know that that was, uh, yeah, okay, we're getting worse, aren't we? How many of you just care about the food and the commercials? And Okay, okay. Anyway, uh, I, I quizzed my wife on the way to church this morning. Honey, do you know who's playing in the Super Bowl? And uh, she really did not know, but she could eventually get to uh, Brady and Mahomes from all the, you know, the hype and the commercials and whatnot. But anyway, good morning and welcome. Welcome, welcome, welcome. I am Pastor Chris. Uh, welcome to those of you who are here in person and uh, welcome. Welcome to the many of you who are watching us online. Uh, we are wrapping up this series that we've been in from the beginning of the year called This Is My Year. And I hope you've enjoyed the series as much as we have. And I hope it's been challenging. I hope it's been encouraging. Uh, each week, we've been looking at a different area of your life where if you will go all in, if you'll make a commitment in this area, take some next steps in this area to follow through, it will make a huge impact in your life uh, this year and the years to come. And so today is no different. Here it is, 2021. This is my year to share my faith, to share my faith. Do you know, do you remember the last words that Jesus spoke to his disciples just before he ascended into heaven? The very last thing he said was this, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere, in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Now, I like to think that when, uh, when Jesus first told the disciples that they would be his witnesses, that perhaps the angels up in heaven started scratching their heads going, what? God, are you serious? You mean that you are counting on this ragtag, inconsistent bunch of yahoos? I mean, just weeks ago, God, when Jesus was arrested, they ran. I mean, they took off running. I mean, this, this is who you are counting on. God, what's your backup plan? You know, I mean, what if these guys drop the ball? What if people who come after them you know, because of the mess they make of everything, they, they just forget. What if way down in 2021, people just don't tell other people about you anymore? What's plan B? And I think God must have looked at the angels and said, there is no plan B. That's exactly who I'm counting on. My followers will be my witnesses. Listen, it is, it's 21 centuries later, and God, guess what? He still has no other plan. He is still counting on imperfect people like you and me to carry out his message and his mission to the world. And that's what I want us to talk about today. I want to give you a very simple, and yet I believe a very effective way to share your faith. It is something that everyone can do. I know sometimes when you know, preachers talk about evangelism and sharing your faith, some of you mistakenly think, well, that's reserved for like you know, the super spiritual, you know, the spiritual elite, the paid professionals. No, 
God said, you will be my witnesses. Go into all the world. He's telling all of us, his followers. So to talk about this this morning, I want to look at a really cool story from the book of John in the New Testament. Now, let me give you a little bit of context to the story before I read it. Um, John the Baptist at this time, uh, he was a great prophet, and he had been telling everyone that the Messiah, the Son of God, the one that God was going to send to save the world, was going to come. And so when Jesus did come, and he met with John the Baptist, John had a group of people who had been following him. And so John tells all of his followers, hey, from here on out, stop following me. We are all going to be following Jesus from here on out. So Andrew, a guy named Andrew, was one of John's followers at that point and who begins now to follow Jesus. And so this is where the story picks up. Follow along as I read. Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, was one of these men who heard what John said and then followed Jesus. Andrew went to his brother, Simon, and told him, we have found the Messiah, which means Christ. Then Andrew brought Simon to meet Jesus. Looking intently at Simon, Jesus said, your name is Simon, son of John, but you will be called Cephas, which means Peter. By the way, this is the same Peter who becomes one of Jesus' followers, one of the original 12, and uh, becomes one of the leaders in the early church. It continues. The next day, Jesus decided to go to Galilee. He found Philip and said to him, come, follow me. Philip was from Bethsaida, Andrew and Peter's hometown. Philip went to look for Nathanael. Nathanael was a friend of his, okay? And told him, we have found the very person Moses and the prophets wrote about. His name is Jesus, the son of Joseph from Nazareth. Nazareth, exclaimed Nathaniel, can anything good come from Nazareth? Now notice, you know, a little sidebar here. Notice he's kind of nasty about Nazareth. Okay, Nazareth was basically a a small hick town uh, that did have a Roman military post there. So no Jewish person ever wanted to go to Nazareth. It'd be kind of like saying today, Goose Creek. Can anything good come from Goose Creek? Now, all apologies to those of you from Goose Creek. But Philip doesn't argue with him. Instead, says this, come and see for yourself, Philip replied. Now, I want you to underline, circle, highlight that phrase, come and see for yourself. We'll come back to that. As they approached, Jesus said, now, here is a genuine son of Israel, a man of complete integrity. How do you know about me? Nathanael asked. Jesus replied, I could see you under the fig tree before Philip found you. And then Nathanael exclaimed, Rabbi, you are the son of God, the king of Israel. Now, Here's what I want you to notice today. Peter and Nathaniel's lives are forever changed dramatically because they meet and encounter Jesus. But this is big. Peter never would have encountered Jesus had his brother Andrew never loved him enough to invite him to come and see for himself. Nathaniel would have never received eternal life. The eternal life that Jesus offers had his friend, Philip, 
not cared enough about him to invite him to, hey, come and check out Jesus for yourself. So here's what I want everybody to hear today. Listen to this. There are people in your life that are never, ever going to experience the the life-changing, life-altering love of God that comes through faith in Christ unless you invite them to come and see for themselves. You and I literally get to change somebody's life. We get to be a part of that, that change process for eternity simply by loving them and inviting them to come and see what Jesus is all about for themselves. In fact, that's what I want you to remember today. Write this down. That's the principle that I want you to catch today as we we talk about sharing your faith. My loving investment and my simple invitation can make an eternal impact. An eternal impact. In fact, that's that's basically our evangelism uh, outreach strategy here at Coastal Community Church. We call it invest and invite. Invest and invite. My, My simple, loving investment and simple invitation can make an eternal impact. And that's what I want us to unpack today. But there are four things, four things that have got to happen if we are ever going to share our faith, if you're ever going to share your faith. Number one, first of all, I must believe that Jesus changes lives. I mean, this is where it all starts, right here. You see, the the, the reason why Andrew was so quick in bringing his brother uh, Peter to see what Jesus was all about is because that he knew I mean, he knew that he knew that he knew deep down inside that when Peter would come into you know, a relationship with Jesus, that his life would be forever changed. And, and the reason that, that Philip was so excited about bringing his friend Nathaniel to come and meet Jesus was that deep down, I mean, he knew it. He knew that his life would never be the same once he came to, to know Jesus. You see, guys, that's where it all starts. We have, we, have lit, we have got to believe, we have really got to believe in the power of Jesus to change people's lives. That our friends and family and coworkers and neighbors, that they really need Jesus, just like we do. In fact, the Bible says that when somebody says yes to Jesus, two things happen. One, that person receives eternal life, a home secure in heaven forever. When when someone says yes to Jesus and they ask Jesus to come into their life and they humbly repent of their sin and they begin to follow him. And, and, And the Bible says that Jesus then comes into their life, forgives them of every sin and secures their home forever in heaven for all eternity. In fact, 2 Timothy 1.10 says it this way, and now he has made all of this plain to us by the appearing of Christ Jesus, our Savior. Listen to what Jesus did. He broke the power of death and he illuminated the way of life and immortality through the good news. We will spend an eternity with God in heaven. We don't have to worry about what happens to us after we we die. We don't have to be afraid of death. When Jesus comes into our life, guys, guess what? It's all taken care of. 
But secondly, we also need to understand that Jesus didn't just promise eternal life. He promised to bring purpose and life and meaning and fulfillment into our lives right here and now. And he promises anyone, everyone, if you are carrying a heavy burden on your shoulder, whatever that might be, he promises that he'll actually carry it for us. He'll bear the weight for us. In fact, look at Jesus' own words in Matthew eleven twenty eight. 28. Then Jesus said, come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens. Let me ask you a question. Stop right there. Is there anybody in your life who would say, hey, that's me. I'm in that category. I am tired. I am weary. I am carrying a heavy burden. I am overwhelmed and worn out. And Jesus says, listen, if that's you, come to me and I will give you what? I'll give you rest. Let me ask, do you know people in your life who might be struggling under the weight and the burden of fear and shame and regret and brokenness and sin? Do you know people who might have so much on their shoulders and they carry such a burden that it's as though they are buckling under the weight of it all and they are barely able to survive. Jesus actually promises, hey, bring them to me. Come to me and I'll give you rest. So here's the question we've got to ask. Do you really believe that? Do you really believe that Jesus, that the people in your life would be better off if they had a personal relationship with Jesus. Do you believe that that coworker who sits next to you on a regular basis at work, do you, I mean, and it might be that coworker who is mean and nasty and negative, do you believe that their life would be better, it would be forever changed if they had a personal relationship with Jesus? Do you believe that that person who sits next to you in school that girl in economics class, do you feel like her life might be better if she came to know Christ? If she had a person, do you believe that the people in your family who are far from God, that, that your relatives' lives would all be better in this life and in the life to come if they knew Jesus? You see, if we, if we really believe that, then you owe it to them at the very least to offer a simple invitation to come and check out Jesus for themselves. Guys, we've got to be reminded that nobody, no one is beyond the, the grace of God. No one is beyond his reach. Listen, let me tell you something. As the pastor of this church, I believe, I know that I know that this year here at Coastal, there are going to be some marriages that are on the brink right now that are going to be saved. I believe that there are, be, there are some people right now uh, in this church, in this community, I believe that there are people who are under the bondage of, of addiction or depression or unforgiveness, and these people are going to be set free. I believe that there are a lot of people who are a long, long way away from God who are going to come home, 
who are going to feel his welcome embrace, who are going to get connected with God for the very first time, or they're going, to get, they're going to reconnect with God after being away from him for a long time. Man, I believe that. I believe that lives are going to be changed here and transformed because we see it all the time. But here is the catch. It doesn't matter a hill of beans what we do here if the people in your life in your circle of influence, who are broken and carrying those heavy burdens, if they're not here to hear it, if, if they don't experience it for themselves. And the only person who is going to invite them, who the only person who might be able to influence them, is you. Is you. So, first of all, this is where it all starts. You actually have to believe this. You know that Jesus truly changes lives. And let me tell you something, because if you don't believe it, man, go home. I mean, we're just wasting our time. I believe this stuff. Number two, you need to recognize you're ready for this, that he wants to use you to do it. That Jesus wants to use me. You see, listen, God has you, has you where you are at, okay? What we say here at Coastal, I'm gonna come back to this later. We're gonna unpack this a little bit today. We say this phrase all the time. God has you where you are at, where you live, work, parent, and play for a reason and for a season. Now, what I want you to see is that you, not just me, not just paid professionals, all of us, we are his witnesses. We are his ambassadors. We are his missionaries. And God wants to use you to influence the people in your circles of impact, your circles of influence. This is, in fact, the loving investment part of that equation. Again, what did I say? My loving investment and my simple invitation can make an eternal impact. Now, what does that look like? What does that loving investment part look like? Well, first of all, here it is, and it's so simple, but this is where it begins. Man, you just live for Jesus. You just live out your faith in a real, authentic, you know, everyday kind of way where you live, work, parent, and play. You're just real, you're genuine, but you live out your faith. And then, and then this really is kind of a mindset. Again, God's got you where he wants you for a reason, for a season. You're living out your faith and your mindset is, man, I love people. I love people, all people. And by the way, guys, that's what scares me when I see what some of you are posting on Facebook because it comes across like you actually don't love people. And the very people you might be arguing with or upset about, guess what? Those are the object of God's love and affection and they're supposed to be ours. You never look into the eyes of another human being who doesn't matter to God just as much as you do. And as followers of Jesus, man, we're called to love people, all people. And it's those small acts of kindness and service and love done consistently over time that will make a huge, huge impact. So again, you're doing that. You know, that's the loving investment part. You're, you're living out your faith in a real authentic way. You're loving people. And then, you ready for this? You just build relationships. I'm talking about your, your, your friend. 
You know, and, and again, this is not about, you know, a, a notch on your spiritual belt. It's that people matter to God, and if they matter to God, they ought to matter to you. So you, you're a friend. You build relationships, and then you pray. You pray for people. You pray for the people in your life. You pray for those who are hurting. And as you're doing that, you look for the open door. And I'm telling you, man, if you're living out your faith, if you're loving people, if you're building relationships, if you're praying, there will be an open door. And you'll have an opportunity to share your story, share your faith, and invite them to Coastal. And we'll talk about that in just a moment. You see, Philip was in Nathaniel's life for a reason. Andrew was Peter's brother for a reason. God wanted to use them. Now, here's the truth. Where you go to work tomorrow, okay, your workplace, you might very well be the only follower of Jesus where you work. Now, let me ask you this then. Then who else? Who else is going to be, you know, who else is going to show your coworkers what a follower of Jesus looks like but you? When, when you go to school tomorrow, you may very well be the only Christian in your, in your class. So if you're not the one who loves and serves and prays, who else will? You might be the only Bible that those people ever open, that ever read. You might be the only member of your family who is a follower of Jesus. And so what that means is, if you're waiting on somebody else to invite them, you know, to invite the people that you say you care about, that you're supposed to be loving and caring for, you might be waiting on an invitation that never happens. Now, let me say this. As a church, we are going to do everything we can to reach out to our city. We're going to lay the groundwork for you. We are. But here's the absolute truth. The number one way, the number one reason why people will come to a church for the very first time and stay, and it's not even close, is that a friend who has earned the right invites them. Because a friend who reaches out and cares enough about them to come and see and check it out for themselves. That's number one. You gotta believe that Jesus can change lives. Number two, you recognize that he wants to use you to do it. And then number three, let's talk about this. You've gotta identify my circles of influence. Now, this is where I really want you to start thinking. I, today, I want you to put on your thinking hats and I want you to prayerfully identify the people in your life. I want you to think about the people in your life who are not yet followers of Jesus who don't go to a church anywhere, not a part of a church family anywhere, God has intentionally put people in your life who don't know him. And he wants to use you to be an influence in their life. Colossians 4, 5 says it. Live wisely among those who are not believers and make the most of every opportunity. So look on the back of your outline there. In general, we all have uh, four different circles of influence in our life, okay? And again, you hear me use this phrase all the time here at Coastal. I've already used it. Where you live, work, parent, and play. Okay, I want you to write those down in those four boxes on your outline. And as we go over each one today, here's what I want you to do. 
I want you to begin to think about specific people in each circle, you know, who you know, who are not yet followers of Jesus, who don't have a church family, and I want you to write their names down today. Write them down on your outline. In fact, today you might even share them with us, share them with our, the pastors and the staff and our prayer team. We'd love to pray for them and pray for you as you reach out to them. So let's talk about the first one, where you live, where you live. These are yours. What I mean by that, when I say that phrase is, these are your neighbors. These are the people in your community. So they literally might be the people who live on your street, on your cul-de-sac, in your apartment building. They might literally be the people who live close to you, but they also include the people that, you know, maybe that you see at your gym, uh, where you go to get coffee or breakfast on a regular basis. And you see some of the, the same people. In other words, they're a part of, of where you live. You see them regularly, and over time, you, you get to know them a little bit. Maybe if, if you're a mom and you take kids to a play group, it could be the other parents there. You, you, you might not classify all of these people as your you know, close, personal, intimate friends, but you know them. And you experience or share something in common with them. So who are those people in your life? Start thinking. Prayerfully thinking. Who are these people? Write their names down if they come to mind. The next circle is where you work. Now, when we use this phrase, what I mean is these are your, your coworkers and or your classmates. Because just about everybody here, you either have a job or you have a school. You know, you're, you're, you're go to work or you're, you're in school. Now, I know what you might be thinking. But Pastor Chris, I absolutely hate my job. Pastor Chris, I hate school. And so my pushback to you is this. Why do you think God has you there? Why does God have me there right now? I mean, did you ever think that God has you where you are? You know, because you are surrounded by people who don't know him, who don't have a personal relationship with him, and he happens to want you to be an influence in, in their life. So think about it. Who are your coworkers that don't know God? Maybe it's the sourest, most negative person in the office. You know, maybe it's the, the meanest person you know, in school. But if they had an encounter with God, it would radically transform their, their life. Jot their names down. The next circle is where you parent. Now what we really mean by this, whether you're a parent or not, is uh, your family. Your family. This is what Andrew and Peter were. You know, Andrew, when he first followed Jesus, the first person that popped into his mind was his brother Peter. And when he got to Peter, he said, man, Peter, you need to come and see Jesus. You've really got to meet this guy. So let me ask, who are the family, you know, in your life who don't know Jesus, who are disconnected from God? Now, it might be your brother or your sister. It might be your spouse. Maybe you're a little bit older and it, it's your children. It could be a cousin, an aunt, uncle. I, I don't know. Who are the people in your family who you could invite to come to church with you whose lives would be forever changed if they had an encounter with Jesus? So, where you live, work, parent, and finally, where you play. Now, yes, these are your friends, this is the, the category that Philip and Nathaniel were. Philip chose to follow Jesus, and as he begins to follow Jesus, the very first person that popped into his mind was his friend Nathaniel. 
So he goes and he gets his friend Nathaniel. Nathaniel didn't want to come at first, kind of pushed back a little bit. And Philip said, listen, man, you just got to come and see for yourself. I don't want to argue about this, but just come and see what he's like. And Nathaniel did. And it forever changed his life. So who are the friends in your life? People that you hung out with this weekend. The people, by the way, that you might be hanging out with tonight. Super Bowl, Super Bowl party. You know, the, the, the people that when you're in trouble that, that you call. The people that you did stuff with this past week. Who are the friends in your life that you know who you know but are not yet followers of Jesus and you care about them? You love them and you know that their lives would be forever better and changed if they had an encounter with God. Write their names down. Listen, that's my story. It is. You know, I grew up going to church as a young child. We stopped going to church. Uh, after my family stopped going to church, my parents separated, headed for a divorce. My dad died. I was a teenager. I was angry. I was mad. I was upset. I was far from God. We had long you know, since stopped going to church. But a friend, a friend that I knew that I'd been hanging out with, invited me to come to church. He invited me to come and see and check it out for myself. And let me tell you something. Listen to this. Within two weeks of that simple invitation, Chris Rollins gave his life to Jesus and felt the call to go into ministry and be a pastor. Two weeks of that simple invitation. And guess what? This church is here because a friend invited me to church. You are here because a friend invited me to church. I believe in this stuff. So, you believe that Jesus really changes lives. You understand that he wants to use you to do it. You identify the people in your life that you could influence, and that leads us to number four. We've already kind of mentioned this, but I want to talk about it. You care enough to extend an invitation. Extend an invitation. Now, you might say, extend an invitation to where? Well, first of all, how about start with church? Invite them to come. Because let me tell you this, man. When you invite somebody to come to Coastal Community Church, we make this promise. We don't know any better than to just to love people here. We will love them. We will accept them where they are at. And then you know what we're going to do here at Coastal? We're going to point them to Jesus. We're going to lift up the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And we believe that Jesus can secure their eternity and change their life forever. And we're going to point them to him and allow him and the Holy Spirit to do the changing. And we're going to keep loving them throughout the messy middle. How, however long it takes. Invite them to come. And then, by the way, not just church. Man, invite them to a life group. Man, there's so many things here at Coastal that you can invite people to. They might not come to church with you for the first time, but would they come and play volleyball? Would they be a part of a hit class? Would they go on a walking group? Man, invite them. There are some people that are much more comfortable in, in a smaller setting, more intimate setting than a larger setting. So it just depends on your friend, the people in your circle of influence. And then here's another place that you can invite them. Man, invite them to come and serve. Listen, I believe the Bible says that God planted eternity 
in the hearts of, of humans, of mankind. You know what that means? That means that we were all created to know that there is something bigger in this world than just ourselves. And the people in your life, the people who are far from God, don't have a church home, don't know Jesus, guess what? They still want to be a part of something bigger than themselves. They still feel this draw to serve and to reach out. And man, we do that so well here at Coastal. Invite them to come because so often people want to feel like they belong before they believe. So extend an invitation. You know, if you really believe that Jesus can change lives, if you really know that he is the way to eternal life and real life here and now, and you can identify people in your life who, who need, need them, then all you need to do is care enough about them to invite them to come for themselves. That's what Philip did with his friend Nathaniel. He told Nathaniel, hey, come and check it out. By the way, let me, let me encourage you with this. You're not responsible for the outcome. You know, don't beat yourself up if they don't come. Don't beat yourself up if they don't respond. Don't get frustrated and give up. No. They're still, you know, created in the image of God, worthy of our love. And, and you know, so, you know, you, you pray, you love, you serve, you share, you live your faith, you build your relationship, you share your story, you share your faith, you make the invitation. But then, man, you just leave the results up to God. You see, people coming to faith, that's a process. And you're just, you're just one link in the chain that brings somebody to Jesus. You and I are only responsible for, for spreading the seed, but we can't make it grow. God does that. Now, why does God make such a big deal about us sharing our faith, about you know, helping people get connected to him? Why is that so important? Why is it so important for us? Well, I think it's important because when you think about it, after we die as believers and we go to heaven and we're with God for all eternity, there are two things that we're not going to be able to do anymore. One, we can't sin. The Bible says there'll be no sin in heaven. It is a perfect place. Listen to this. Oh my goodness. There's going to be no hurt or fear or anger or shame or sin or cancer or COVID. Amen? Amen, hallelujah, man. It is going to be a perfect place. But there's another thing that we will never be able to do in heaven. We're not gonna be able to tell our friends about Jesus. It'll be too late. It'll be too late to invite them to come and see for themselves what a difference Jesus really can make in their life. So that's why this is such a big deal. And I'm telling you, if you will... If you'll take these next steps, if you'll go all in in this area, it'll change your life. It'll make 2021 better than you ever imagined. It'll give you purpose and meaning for everything that you do. And God blesses us when we do that. Listen, I can't wait that if you'll do this with me, if you'll go all in in this, when you finally see Jesus face to face, the Bible says that you will receive this blessing. Look, look at this, last verse on your outline, Matthew 25, 23. The master said, well done, my good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in handling this small amount, so now I'm gonna give you many more responsibilities. Come, let's celebrate together. Man, it's gonna be an eternal party. For those of us who decided to invite people to come and experience Jesus for themselves. What about you? You want 2021 to be great? Share your faith. What about you? 
Maybe you've been coming. You've been kicking the tires. Listen, Jesus died for your sin. That's the good news. You're a sinner in need of a Savior. One day you're going to stand before a holy God and even the shadow of a sin is going to leap out. But all of that can be forgiven and covered by the blood of Jesus Christ. And it happens when you place your faith in him. And somebody, somebody loved you enough to invite you to be here to hear that. Either here in person or online. Humbly repent of your sin. Ask Jesus to come into your life and become his follower today. Bow your heads and pray with me. Dear Heavenly Father, God, today I thank you for your word. I thank you for the opportunity today to proclaim it. Father, I pray that you will find this church faithful, faithful to the mission of sharing and experiencing the life and love of Jesus with Charleston and the world where we live, work, parent, and play. Father, we all know people in our circles of influence. I pray today that we've been reminded to be a faithful witness. And listen, if you're here today and you've never yet humbly bowed your knee, bowed your heart before him and just admitted what you know to be true in your life, that you're a sinner in need of a savior, listen, you can come home today. You can, you can be forgiven today and you can receive peace and not just forgiveness, but, but hope and joy, not just for all eternity, but right here, right now, today. You can give Jesus all of your burdens and he will carry them. Just pray something simple like this. Dear Heavenly Father, God, today I admit it. I am a sinner. I need a Savior. I believe today that one has been provided. He is your son. He is Jesus. He is real. And today I bow my knee before him. I ask him to please come into my life. Forgive me of my sin. I ask him to be my Savior and my Lord. And for the rest of my time on this earth, until you come again or call me home, I'm going to be faithful. I'm going to follow Jesus. And I'm going to ask other people in my life, where I live, work, parent, and play, to come and see Jesus for themselves. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Thanks for listening. From Pastor Chris and the family at Coastal Community Church, have a blessed day.